This is Marriage to the Max, episode number 52. Welcome to another episode of Marriage to the Max. Hello. I'm your host, Kelly Hurst. And this is Brett Hurst. And we're marriage educators and co-founders of Home Encouragement. Indeed. And this podcast is designed to help you take your marriage to the next level. Well, today's topic is very interesting and very necessary, but I want to say that if you're listening to this podcast with young ears in the room, you might want to excuse yourself from the kids because this topic is a little more intimate and a little more explicit than what we normally take on probably a lot more so. <laughs> but before we get to the topic as if you're not knowing what it is at this point um, I want to mention a couple of resources one is a website that I have discovered that I think is really helpful for couples it's called themarriagebed.com and it's a sex and intimacy website for married Christian couples so um, if you haven't gotten those kids out of the room yet <laughs> exactly it's um, it, it's just a really helpful website that doesn't let you or doesn't allow make you swim in the gutter to find information about sexual intimacy, um, anatomy, biology, sex toys. (laughs) Keeps you from having to Google sex and get all this stuff Exactly, and find out what, uh, yeah. yeah. And uh, so it's really great. It's it's an explicit website, but it's done in a very discreet way with with kind of a gear toward education for couples, which I think is really helpful because... Um, you know, couples need help sometimes, and that's why we're doing a podcast on this. Then the other resource I want to mention is a book by Michelle Weiner Davis called The Sex Starved Marriage. This is an absolutely great book. Michelle Weiner Davis is very well known in the marriage education world. She has had several best-selling books uh, mm-hmm. through the years. This one is an exceptionally good book. I have not quite finished it cover to cover, but what I have read so far is really, really great. So The Sex Starved Marriage by Michelle Weiner Davis. Excellent. Well, in case you're wondering, today's episode is called, How Much Sex Should We Be Having? Oh, boy. (laughs) My favorite topic. And I have to, yeah, I was going to say, this is your favorite topic, but when I approached you about doing a podcast episode just on sex, you were a little bit nervous about moving forward. C'est moi? Yeah. Even though this is one of your favorite subjects in general. Well, I just want to be delicate about the issue, so... Well, for sure. But this is a question that a lot of couples have. You and I teach um, a premarital class twice a year called Married Life Prep. Mm -hmm. And one of the questions that we get from not just premarital couples, but even couples who've been married for a long time is, are we normal? Like, are we having the right amount? You know, what's the national average? The question do come up a lot. Absolutely. Um, One of our friend uh, therapist's friends uh, named Mike Schumacher was uh, doing a a sex seminar once at our church, and he... uh, said the same thing, that he gets a lot of couples who say, you know, what's what's the national average? What's the norm? How mm-hmm. much sex should we be having? What's healthy? And um, 
he talked about he, he said he, he never answers the question mm-hmm. because it doesn't really matter what the national average is or what everyone else is doing. Mm-hmm. Um, it doesn't matter how much sex everyone else is having. What matters is that you and your spouse are happy and fulfilled with the quantity and the quality of your sex life. So what matters is how much sex we're having. Exactly. And that's what matters to me. And that's what matters to you. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So if the billions of people on the planet, you know, you have to think about your libido is unique and your relationship is is as unique as a fingerprint. So all that matters is how satisfied you and your spouse are. Mm. There are happy couples who have sex every day, Mm -hmm. happy couples who have sex once a week, and happy couples who have sex once a month. Um, In fact, I read uh, recently that Dr. Trina Reed says that surveys that give norms on sexual activity shouldn't be taken too seriously because when people are asked about very personal information like their sex lives, they have a tendency to lie. Yeah, and I was going to say, <laughs> these happy couples who have sex every day, do they have jobs? <laughs> I know. <laughs> I mean, I'm all for it. Though. Yeah, I know you're all for it. Um yeah. I read an article this week that was interesting by Robert Weiss, who talked about, uh, he said, the best source for scientifically reliable data on this topic comes from General Social Survey, which has tracked American sexual behaviors since the 1970s. Now, that would be a fun job. Yeah. And according to them, married couples have sex an average of 58 times a year. So what is that? Slightly more than once a week. Oh, well, I guess it's not that. Here's the only problem with that statistic is that this number lumps newlyweds into the same pool as senior citizens. Well, what are you saying? Which I'm guessing is, you know. So anyway, they did kind of a more focused poll, which shows that couples in their 20s have sex an average of 111 times a year. What is yeah, that? Baby. Twice a, t- twice a week ish, and yeah. then the number drops about twenty percent per decade as couples get older. Well, that may be true, but don't get any ideas. So about what do you have to dropping. say about that? <laughs> that? I just said it. <laughs> so what if you are having a lot less sex than that? Mm-hmm. Like it's it's a concern for you. Well, generally speaking, a sexless marriage is one in which committed couple um, a committed couple has sex less than 10 times per year. This is what the the experts say is considered a sexless marriage. Okay. Um, what I thought was interesting was finding out that 15 to 20 percent of long-term couples fall into that category. Mm-hmm. Would you have guessed the number would be that high? Yeah, actually, I would have. Really? Yeah. I, I, w- I guess I must be naive because I was thinking it wouldn't be quite that many. No, we've dealt with a lot of couples that fall into that category for sure. Yeah. So I, I would have thought even higher than that, actually. Really? Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, so before you panic, if you fall into that category, I mean, obviously, the reasons for this can vary dramatically. Absolutely. You know, there can be health issues or situations beyond your control that prevent the two of you from experiencing a full sexual realm, you know, illness. Different seasons. Yeah, different seasons. Illness, injuries, disabilities mm-hmm. happen, and couples just try to make the best of their situation. Um but if it's not something like that, mm-hmm. health-related or, you know, some inconvenience that's keeping you apart, and it just maybe is, you know, a lack of… Scheduling. Or, yeah, or a lack of heat in the bedroom. Right. Um, this kind of goes back to whether or not each person in the relationship feels sexually satisfied. Mm-hmm. Um, I would mean? say that you and I, out of the couples that… Because we obviously sit with couples all the time… Mm-hmm. Um, I would say it is a very small percentage of couples who are equally happy with 
their sex life. Right. Like they both have it as much as they want. You know, they both feel fulfilled. Right. That's just a rarity. Yeah. We rarely encounter couples that are on the same page. Yeah. And even that. if they're having like other relational issues, like mm-hmm. they're not communicating well or they argue all the time or whatever. Um, you know, the sex issue obviously comes into the conversation and they'll, and they'll say, and by the way, we never have sex, you no. know, or, or our sex life stinks or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, so <clears throat> it's it's rare that we're sitting with couples where they're just like, yeah, everything is great mm-hmm. all the time, you know. Um, the but the biggest being issue, if they're younger, maybe. I'm yeah, but, but the biggest issue that we hear about from couples are, is the differing levels of desire. Mm-hmm. That seems to be the most common issue. One person is a high desire person. The other spouse is a low desire person. So, and it's not always the male that's the no. high desire person. In fact, the more I, the more we hear from couples, mm-hmm. and the more we read about this, mm-hmm. this the norm is really changing. Because yeah. 20, 30, 50 years ago, it would have been the stereotypical husband has the high desire, woman has the low desire. She always has a headache. Right. You know, she's always tired, yeah. and he never gets it enough. Um, but that is. The tide is changing on that, and we're hearing from more and more women who are like, hey, he's not chasing me around the house. What's, What's the, the deal? deal? You yeah, know, right. So that can be tied, obviously, to you know, males can have hormonal imbalances just like females, mm-hmm. and you see advertisements for low testosterone and mm-hmm. you know, stress at work and right. health issues and all that kind of stuff. Um, but so if you're in that kind of situ- that kind of marriage where one of you has a high desire, one of you has a low desire, for both of you to feel, you know, in the mood at the very same time only happens when the moon is in the seventh house. I mean, it's just rare that everyone feels like they want to hop in bed at the exact same time. Yeah, I don't always feel it, but I feel like we should always do it. I have a feeling you always feel it. <laughs> you you tend to fall definitely on the high desire end of the spectrum. Well, I and we've I think true. we've even talked on this podcast episode about how we've had our own struggles in this because I tend to fall on the lower desire side of the spectrum and um you know and so you have to learn to negotiate. I, I always think about that I think it's from the movie Annie Hall. I never can remember if yeah, it's from that movie. But so. where uh, Woody Allen and Diane Keaton uh, are in their own therapist's office, their individual therapist's office, and he's talking about how frustrated he is that he never gets to have sex. And mm-hmm. his therapist <laughs> asks him, you know, well, how often do you have sex? And he goes, only three times a week. <laughs> and then the camera goes to her therapist's office and she's complaining about how you know he always wants sex and she's just like enough already yeah and then her therapist asks her how often and she goes three times a week (laughs) like you know so it's all about perspective and and desire um but it can really be frustrating for couples um we try to encourage the low desire partner to be really sensitive here Mm mm-hmm And this is why, because the rejection that a high-desire partner feels time and time again can really be crushing, and that can really enter into other areas of your relationship, kind Mm -hmm. of follow you outside of the bedroom. You mean when the low-desire person refuses the higher-desire person with great frequency? Yeah, because the bottom line is the low-desire person has the power in the sexual relationship Hmm. because the power of no – is so stopping. It's so final. I mean, Mm -hmm. it's really hard for people to, you know, you can push that a little bit. Oh, come on, come on. But then you Mm -hmm. feel like you're begging, right? you know, and that's not sexy or doesn't feel very sexy. And so the power of no is just so incredibly strong. And so the person with low desire is basically saying, 
Yeah. They're running the show. They get to decide how often they have sex. Right. And so the low desire partner has that power. We try to get the low desire partner to put themselves in their partner's shoes. Mm-hmm. And so we'll sometimes, you know, say, well, what if your spouse said to you, what, you need to eat again already? You just ate three days ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, right. why, why, you're so weird. You have mm-hmm. to eat all the time. You know, that would feel humiliating, mm-hmm. you know, to realize that. So we, we try to d- describe that the high desire spouse's sexual hunger is just as real to them as your physical hunger is when you're hungry and you've, you know, got to yeah. eat. And yeah, that's right. <laughs> so learning how it's just to, as important. Learning how to negotiate that is really important. And learning how to negotiate it with respect mm-hmm. and tenderness and not making the high desire person feel like they're some sex maniac and, you know. So my takeaway already is that the spouse's sexual hunger, as you said, is just as real as your physical hunger. So I'm going to bring that up at every meal yeah. that we have. That would not be helpful, <laughs> uh, but thank you for <laughs> giving us your perspective. Got to learn how to negotiate. You're listening to Marriage to the Max. Marriage to the Max. If you are in the greater Houston area, we want you to know that we host a monthly date night called Dinner and a Marriage, and we would love to have you join us. Visit dinnerandamarriage.org to find out more details. It's a good time. Well, we're continuing our conversation about how much sex should we be having? And how much sex should we be having, Kel? <laughs> well, before the break, we discussed some hey, I asked you a question. I said from the beginning, it doesn't matter what everyone else is having. It's what you're having with well but we talked about you having all the power and that you know what if i say something different no we've learned how to negotiate yes. that a lot better i would say early kidding. in our marriage we struggled a little bit with that that's true but we've we've kind of learned that a, a new dance yeah in respect to our differing sex drives sure wouldn't you say yeah i basically do whatever you tell me yeah <laughs> Well, before the break, we discussed some statistics and issues that come up around sexuality and marriage. And so now we're going to give you just some helpful ideas that hopefully will encourage you and help move you forward a little bit. What's the first thing we want to talk about? Well, you want to schedule sex, which doesn't sound sexy. It doesn't sound spontaneous. But what is less sexy than not scheduling it, perhaps, is not having sex or, or at least not, not having, having enough all, sex. Yeah, yeah exactly. Certain seasons of your life, you're going to need to make sex more of a priority than you ordinarily would because other things are going to crowd in mm-hmm. or crowd out your time set aside to have sex. Who cares if you're rarely in the mood to rip each other's clothes off like in some ridiculous Hollywood movie? The point is to do it. Yeah. You know, it doesn't matter if you start out in the mood or not. Mm-hmm. A lot of people, once they 
put it on the calendar and then then make the effort to do it and then once they get into it unless there's some other issues going on it becomes an enjoyable experience yeah and you know what we hear from couples and you know what the research shows is that even if a couple doesn't start out feeling it you know or being in the mood Mm -hmm. you know once they're participating you know that those endorphins kind of kick in and you end up having a fun experience so just because you have to put it on the calendar and that doesn't seem all that romantic Mm -hmm. who cares you know the idea is that you're together and you're enjoying each other and you have a sexual experience whether you start out in the mood or not. Okay, so I'm going to spend the rest of my day planning things out on my daytimer <laughs> or my outlook. Make it a priority. <laughs> That's right. You're going to say, well, why'd you schedule this 18 times today? <laughs> well, the second thing we want to mention is to mix it up, which is just be willing to do something a little different. You know, okay. sex doesn't always have to be 1030 at night while the TV is on. You know, not that that <laughs> happens in our house. I'm just saying that it doesn't have to be how it's always been. Yeah. You know, plan for a different time of day, you know, do it in a different room okay uh, a different position All right. <laughs> but you know even be willing to forego intercourse and just fool around you know i mean when you think about there being a lot more than one way to spend the night together the idea is that you just enjoy each other you know it doesn't have to always be exactly the way it's always been right and that's practical advice anyway because there are seasons where you're pregnant or mm-hmm. it's that time of the month or there's mm-hmm certain times where you've got to work around yeah. uh, just that one option. So Yeah, exactly. What's the next thing? Go away. What do you mean? <laughs> that doesn't mean go away. Go like, away. Get out of here. Get away from me. <laughs> no, it means to go away together. It's important, especially for parents uh, in particular, to get away from your children once in a while. I always... I love my kids, but sometimes in the area of sex, I would call them birth control because Absolutely. they would... <laughs> their involvement in our life when they were younger would keep us from well uh, i think any moms who are listening to this would agree that as soon as you hear your kid's voice mm-hmm. all of a sudden the libido just drops because you go into mom mode well see that's why i put extra insulation in the walls and yeah so we can not hear anyone <laughs> yeah, talking anybody. or screaming or yeah they're you're bleeding to death. Yeah, when Sorry, you beca- can't when, hear you. When you become an empty nester, that part of your relationship really can thrive <laughs> because you don't have to lock doors. You don't, just don't have to worry about all that stuff. So even if you don't have time to travel very far, you know, book an overnight date at a hotel in town. We have done that for years when you got turned on to Priceline and mm-hmm. Expedia and all those types of things. You know, we just would plug in four-star hotel, and mm-hmm. we've stayed in pretty much all of them in Houston because we don't care where they are. Yeah. Just as long as it's cheap and it's a nice hotel. Yeah, and, and you don't have to drive far out of town or you mm-hmm. know book an expensive trip. Just just getting out of your regular surroundings mm-hmm. can just free up your headspace and get you creative again. And th- I think that's really helpful. That's a good word for, for men, too, because I, when we first started doing that, I think you were kind of like, why do we need to go to a hotel? We've got a great king-size bed at our house why do we need to change environments i ain't spending money for that yeah but but now i will it's worth it yeah it really is worth it the other thing we talk about too is to practice romance in just day daily living sometimes we confuse romance with sex what do you mean well, I think some people think you you hear the word romance and you automatically think, okay, flowers, candlelight, soft music, sex. Um, 
but romance doesn't always have to have anything to do with sex. Romance can just be sweetness, you know, just noticing your partner, doing the little things for them. Um, we have to practice romance outside of the bedroom in order to woo us into the bedroom, you mm -hmm. know. So things like little, leaving a sweet note for your spouse, sending them a cute little text or mm -hmm. maybe even a sexy text, mm -hmm. um, sending a cute little email. I've decided that – I haven't done this yet, but this has been swimming in my head. I'm going to start sending you sweet songs lyrics that I hear that remind me of you because oh, sometimes thought... like I'm out and about and I hear a song and go oh I love that lyric I'm going to start sending them to you well, that's nice just mix it up with this sexy text that you were talking about earlier yeah really you <laughs> that, that got my attention <laughs> but you know picking up a little gift you know here and they're just doing the little sweet things that you probably did when you were dating mm -hmm. or maybe when you were first married uh, that that were natural to you now that you have to kind of think about them mm -hmm. um, but those little things can go a long way in just preparing Preparing each other's hearts and minds for what might come later on. Mm -hmm. Okay. What? Well, what else? Well, then also just learning together. No one is a born expert lover. Not even Pepe Le Pew. Not even our our mascot. I love Pepe. I know. Well, anyway, it takes time to learn uh, what you like, uh, what you're good at, what your partner likes. I was just talking about this with a couple of young guys this morning just about how important it is just in the whole area of romance not just sex but but even just in your marriage relationship mm -hmm. how important it is and we've talked about this many times before to be clear in your communication about what you like what's important to you mm -hmm. uh, how you like to receive love of course the love languages and those types of things are mm -hmm. are very specific ways to do that but you and I always encourage couples to go further than just let's say in the area of love languages, further than just knowing what your spouse's love language is. Mm -hmm. What's the specific way that you right. want to see that played out? Well, it's the same way with sex. You know, what are the specific things that you like mm -hmm. and, and what are the specific things that your spouse likes and responds to and so forth? And to, to go back and forth discussing those things and being clear and, and even assertive in a, in a clarifying way. Yeah, and I think there's there can be a little bit of a learning curve there, too, because you're not only learning what you like and what your body mm -hmm. enjoys, but then you're also learning about your spouse, too. So And that can take a little bit of time. You know, just try, we just try to tell couples, be patient and don't, you know, if it's not red hot every single time, A, it's not going to be red hot every single time. That's right. just human beings, you know, you're going to, it's going to be hit and miss. But we we're so, you know, culturally minded and we see all these Hollywood movies and um, people fall into bed with yeah, no problem. And, and just, you know, everyone climaxes at the same time and it's just so unrealistic, you know, right. maybe once in a while you get that kind of experience, but day to day garden variety married sex just isn't always that way, you know. Well, I'm not going anywhere, and I got all the time in the world. Yes, you're so we quite spend, the patient man. Well, Just we let can me spend say. all the time you need to discuss this in great detail. Well, and we, you know, we encourage couples to read a good book about mm. you know. It's, that's a fun homework assignment to read a good book together about sex and learning about each other. Just we as just, long as there's lab work. Yeah, that's your most important for sure. Mm. Um, we just make want to make sure that the relationship is healthy outside of the bedroom because not always this is this isn't always the case, but often your sexual relationship is a barometer of how the rest of the relationship mm. is going. Yeah, so true. if you're 
barely speaking to each other or you've forgotten how to have fun together, you're going to be hard pressed to fall into the sack and have just this red hot experience. Mm -hmm. Um, You've got to be taking care of that. That's what I find interesting about in the marriage education world is it seems like there are two camps of marriage speakers, bloggers, authors, whatever. There's the the camp that we kind of land in that takes care of the relationship, communication, conflict, you know, friendship, spiritual intimacy, all that. And then you've got this other camp of people that just do sex. Mm-hmm. Wait, not just do sex. Just <laughs> talk about sex or teach about sex. Well, maybe we're in the wrong camp. And yeah. it's just, it's like you end up being kind of, that ends up being kind of a niche for people who, um, in fact, I forgot to mention a resource at the top of the episode that I'll say now. There's a podcast that I listen to called Sexy Marriage Radio, which is um, a therapist and a kind of a sex expert who talk about just that's all they do. That's mm-hmm. all they talk about every single episode. It's really good, very informative, mm-hmm. educational, and mm-hmm. it's fun too. Um, and that's their niche. So it's just funny to me. Like you've got it. You obviously you have to take care of the whole relationship, and sex is a part of that. Um, but you've also got to be taking care of the intangibles, right. and everything that happens outside the bedroom helps what happens inside the bedroom for sure. And we always talk about the different facets, the many facets of intimacy. Uh, you know, a lot of times Americans will only focus on sexual intimacy, maybe romantic or, or emotional intimacy, if that, you know, but there's all the other forms of intimacy that are available to a couple and we believe including spiritual intimacy, recreational intimacy, intellectual mm-hmm. intimacy, on and on the list goes. Yeah. They work together. So yeah. one enhances the other. Absolutely. So well we could go on and on with helpful tips. Let's, uh but this is a good starter list, sure. I think. This at least gives people kind of thinking in the right direction if they're struggling in that area. It's got me thinking in the right direction. Mm, I'm sure. sure it does. Our culture seems to tell us that sex is the only thing, mm-hmm. you know, but it's not. It's it's one part of your relationship. And even though it's not the be all and end all, if it needs an adjustment, you can strengthen it. Mm -hmm. You know, you don't have to be doomed to stay stuck where you are and how things have always been. That's the power of marriage is that you get to change and grow and together you get better. Right. You know, if you allow the the relationship to do the work, you know, and and really dig in. And we do want to Add that it is good to have relationships with professionals that can help if you are running into some problems that Mm -hmm. uh, maybe you need outside help, like even just your physician, Mm -hmm. your OB/GYN, and uh, Mm -hmm. but certainly other professionals, counselors, and so forth. Or good counselors. There are there are good Christian counselors who specialize in sexual therapy. Absolutely, um, and that is very helpful at times when you really need an outside. Uh, opinion. Mm -hmm. But, you know, always ask God for help. Mm -hmm. Um, Ask him for creativity. Mm -hmm. Um, He's the one who designed this whole sex thing after all. It was his idea. (laughs) And I'm so glad he did. I'm so grateful to God for that. He wants married couples to be enjoying and participating. So so did you survive the episode? You were a little anxious about us doing this one. You know, it was it was a lot of fun. <laughs> a lot of fun. Yeah. We'll, we'll talk further it is off, your off mic. <laughs> well, if you'd like to contact us, you can find us at marriagetothemax.org. You can also check out our website at homeencouragement.org. 
Also, we hope you'll follow us on Facebook and Twitter. And if you have a topic or question you'd like us to discuss on the podcast, send us an email to thehursts, that's H-U-R-S-T-S, at homeencouragement.org, and we will do our best to get it on the air. Now we're going to get all these sex questions. Well, here's a shout out to Ben Teagland for emailing us with a really great John Gottman video that I enjoyed very much. I'd actually seen it before, but it was a good refresher. Way to go, Thank you, Ben. We'd also like to thank... JJ Live Here or Live Here, I'm not sure how to say that one, and Carmela Bleach for writing a nice review of this podcast on iTunes. And we hope you'll help us out by rating this podcast on iTunes. It helps us to have more visibility. And if you write us a nice review, we'll try to give you a shout out as well. Oh boy. Well, thanks for listening today. And until next time, remember healthy marriage, healthy world. God bless y'all. See ya.